consider anew, the daily micro-podcast that invites you to discover something new or see a familiar thing in a new way. On each episode, I share a quote that I think is interesting or important. I share why it resonated with me and why I think it's especially relevant today. And then I invite you to see how any of this hits you, how any of it might be valuable in your world. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Crawford. Welcome. Hello, what is up? Welcome to Consider Anew. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, This is episode 32, uh, and this is a Friday episode, so hopefully everybody is doing well and looking forward to uh, some kind of weekend here. Uh, Today is March 12th, 2021, Uh, and again, welcome to the show. Uh, Today's quote comes from the book Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection, in the Age of Isolation by Dan Schaubel, published in 2018. And this is a really interesting book. I was doing some research for uh, the, the platform I was co-founding called Edspace, now called Quivid, and really trying to dive into what work looks like in, in today's world um, with technology, with isolation. This is pre-pandemic, uh, and so still even given that, trying to understand how workers were connecting, whether they were remote, whether they were on a team, how could they build culture, what kinds of tools existed. Uh, And this book, Back to Human, uh, was one of the ones I checked out. And there's so many nuggets in there and and so many great ideas and tips. Uh, So I would definitely recommend checking it out. And the quote for today comes from page 66. And it goes like this. A shared learning culture in which employees are always acquiring new skills and honing existing ones increases loyalty and decreases turnover. It also improves morale by developing employees into mutual supporters and champions for one another. It's important to move them away from a typical winner-takes-all or every-person-for-themselves mentality and toward one that embraces collaboration and helpfulness. Workers who become good at shifting back and forth between teacher and student are humbler and have fewer ego issues. The idea of a learning culture, of shifting back and forth between teacher and student, this feels more relevant than ever. I think young people today coming out of school are more poised than ever to continue learning, to continue scanning their worlds, discovering new things, determining their relevance and adopting those that are of value. I think because young people today have grown up in a context that has been so dynamic and fluid, whether it's via mass media or social media or entertainment or or other aspects of today. um, And I think, you know, because like, you know, young people throughout history, social rewards are granted based to some extent on their ability to consistently integrate culture and context. Young people have developed capacities that have prepared them to engage effectively in today's world of work. Now, that is not to say that all young people who emerge from schooling plug right in and are good to go. I think, you know, we all probably have experiences of working with uh, younger folks. And, you know, there's certainly research out there that shows that that's not the case, that they just come out of today's universities or training programs and they plug right in and they're good to go. Um, But what I am particularly interested in 
is the extent to which learning cultures are the norm in organizations where employees of all kinds, whether they are younger, older, anywhere in between, are engaging in intentional acts of learning as a regular and frequent part of their work. Right, so have organizations moved in the direction of more ongoing learning? And in what ways? And are some industries more amenable to this kind of ongoing learning than others? You know, I think sometimes at work, learning needs to be set aside and, and you just have to execute. You know, I think that's, that is a fact. Um, and, but, to what extent are organizations prioritizing learning? And to what extent can the structure of the work hinder certain kinds of learning? I think about schools and teachers and, you know, in a given workday, teachers don't have much time to devote to learning explicitly. Of course, they're always learning when they're teaching, and they do have time for planning. There's a little bit of time for collaboration and connecting with their peers. But in general, any of the, the sort of reflection that's necessary for learning or the pursuit of new skills uh, or reading books or discussing things with colleagues, it's not really built into the structure of a teacher's workday. And so, you know, that's one example of a, an industry, if you will, that isn't necessarily built for learning amongst the professionals within it. So I would love to hear what you think about this, um, what you have seen in other industries, in other spaces, um, other examples of industries or organizations that are leaning into learning in that kind of way or the opposite, where, you know, you show up, you do your job, you do the work, but there really is an opportunity for learning. I would love to hear more about that. So shoot me a note, find me on Twitter, and I hope to hear from you soon. Uh, I want to leave you with two things today. First is uh, a person, a friend of mine, Christina Ishmael. She is a rock star educator, uh, an open education resource, ed tech, ed policy expert, uh, and she recently launched her consulting company. And right now I know she's doing some work helping organizations figure out their internal learning culture. And so I would definitely suggest checking her out. Um, and then the second is a book by the Arbinger Institute. Uh, it's called The Anatomy of Peace, Resolving the Heart of Conflict. And the Arbinger Institute uh, is an organization. I've referred one of their books, Leadership and Self-Deception, on this podcast before. Uh, it's one of the books that I probably recommended the most, and Anatomy of Peace is up there as well. Um, and it's, it's all about helping leaders and staff members uh, understand conflict, understand its origins and, and ways to kind of solve and, and prevent conflict. Um, and I think there's lessons that can be drawn from it uh, that apply beyond just conflict resolution. So definitely recommend checking that one out. And that is all. I will leave it there. Thanks so much. That wraps this episode of Consider Anew. Check out the show notes for links and other details. And if you liked what you heard and you're willing to help the podcast out, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And if there's someone in your world who you think might appreciate this episode, do them a favor and send it their way. Thanks to Michael Lipset of Past Health Stories for thought partnership. And thanks to you for tuning in. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Say hello on Twitter. I'm at MJCraw. And connect with me at www.mjcraw.com. And until next time, consider anew.